All right, y'all, we got a heater today. We got our second Q&A. We're going to be doing these once a month. Uh, just check the gram at Kings Boo. Check the gram, and I will post about 24 hours ahead of time. Maybe I'll start to do a little bit longer lead. But we certainly need to go to longer format with these. I know this one's about 90 minutes just to be able to get through all the questions. So I do apologize. We weren't able to get through all of them. We had a little bit of a time crunch with my man, Aubrey Marcus, coming in to use the office for a podcast he was doing at 11. But uh, long story short, we get through a ton of good questions. And if you didn't get your question answered, just ask me. Don't DM me. Just hit me up on a post. Could be a post about anything. It doesn't have to have any rhyme or reason to you asking a question on one of my posts. I'm well aware that I ask people to ask me questions anywhere. So throw the question up on any post. And uh, hopefully if I see it, I will get that answered. And then we're going to start extending these probably to as long as they need to go. So I'd like to have a good two to three hours of Q&A time in order to get through all these questions because we keep getting really, really good questions. But I'm joined by my amazing and beautiful wife, Natasha Kingsbury. I'm joined by my amazing and beautiful <laughs> boyfriend. I don't know what the fuck I should call my brother, Christian De Jesus Pena, who is my wife's boyfriend. And uh, we go through all things, health and wellness, diet, nutrition, open relationship, relationships, parenting, blah, 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 blah. Anything uh, I feel like I have um, some wits about or some something to add. So we get through some really good questions. Thank you guys for all your awesome questions. And we'll, we'll keep these coming in about once a month. There's a few ways you can support the podcast. One, click subscribe so you never miss another episode. We do two a week now. We cranked out nine in the month of September. Second way you can support is leave a five-star review. This does not take long at all. It's kind of a pain in the ass from the iPhone, but you can do it from your computer. It's maybe a little bit easier on iTunes. Either way, it really helps other people see the show. Right? One or two ways the show has helped you change your life for the better. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a winner, and the winner will get a 30-minute Zoom session with me, personal 30-minute Q&A, any and all questions answered. That's the grand prize. There's no runner-up prize. Uh, I'll probably pick it based on how the review is written. I don't think it'll be selected at random. So if you do put something thoughtful into the review, uh, that's likely one that I'll select. And I'm going to do this, let's see, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween I will select, and uh, the winner will get a 30-minute Zoom call with me, any and all questions answered. That's how we're going to do it. So leave a fucking good review, please. And then everyone will see it and that'll help the show. Also support our sponsors. We've got some amazing sponsors. They help make this show possible. Again, as you know, I travel to all my guests. There's a lot of costs on the road associated with that. These guys help foot the bill. And um, they're really dope companies. These are all companies that I've hand-selected personally. I really enjoy working with them. And we've got some great ones on board. The first of which today is ButcherBox. ButcherBox makes it easy to get high-quality, humanely raised meat that you can trust. Every month, ButcherBox delivers 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild Alaskan salmon directly to your door. And shipping is free. The incredible quality of ButcherBox meats start with the commitment to humanely raised animals that are never given antibiotics or added hormones. By taking out the middleman and purchasing direct from a collective of ranchers, ButcherBox is able to buy meat at a lower cost and pass those savings on to you. Choose from four curated boxes or customize your own box so you can get exactly what you want for your family. So I really like getting ButcherBox delivered because of the fact that it's different each time for me. You know, like they'll send out a roast one time, we might crock pot it or throw it on the Traeger grill. Their bacon is phenomenal. It's thick cut. It's just fucking high quality stuff. 
And, and of course, I know it's the highest quality that I can put into my body outside of hunting my own. This is some really, really high-end meat and it tastes phenomenal. New subscribers will receive ground beef for life. That's right. Sign up today and ButcherBox will send you two pounds of 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef free in every box for the life of your subscription. Plus, listeners will get an additional $20 off their first box. This is a limited time offer. Go to butcherbox.com slash Kyle. That's butcherbox.com slash Kyle. You'll get 20 bucks off your first box and two pounds of grass-fed burger forever, as long as you continue your subscription. This is a phenomenal deal. Check them out. Also, we got my dudes, Felix Gray. Felix Gray has finally made a set of blue blocking glasses that you do not look like an ass clown wearing. And I've worn a lot of these. Uh, you see them at shows like Bulletproof Conference and Paleo FX, and it just looks silly. You know, I think it's like uh, Steven Seagal yellow glasses-esque or red glasses, and you just, I don't want to stick out like a sore thumb when it comes to that. I already wear a fanny pack and fucking Vibram 5 finger shoes, so I want my glasses to look good. These guys make the best-looking blue blockers that I've ever seen. Felix Gray glasses filter out 90% of high-energy blue light and eliminate 99% of glare coming off your daily barrage of screens. And on average, we spend 11 hours every fucking day on our phones, on our computers, and watching TV. So understand this is fucking up our circadian rhythm like no other way. It's not natural to have these forms of light hitting us. So you can mitigate this by simply throwing on a really cool-looking set of blue light filtering glasses. Felix Gray uses proprietary blue light technology embedded into the lens as opposed to a cheap coating that can easily chip or scratch over time. Felix Gray is on a mission to make fashionable, high-quality blue light protection widely accessible by offering a variety of frames for all face shapes and style preferences. The glasses are available in non-prescription, prescription, and readers, as well as adult and kid sizes. Don't go another day looking at screens without the help of some Felix Grays. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash Kyle for free shipping and 30 days of risk-free returns or exchanges. That's felixgrayglasses.com slash Kyle. felixgrayglasses.com slash Kyle. All right, guys, I want to tell you about my absolute favorite CBD product ever. It's called Wave. And their whole family farm is USDA certified organic, as well as all the hemp they use for their products in Colorado. They do their own extraction exclusively using supercritical CO2. In layman's terms, that means there's zero solvents or nasty shit that you'll find in the product. It's absolutely amazing. Their MCT oil-based products and their water-soluble products are all USDA certified organic. Again, they're getting the very best possible. I certainly feel a difference. It helps me reduce inflammation. CBD is one of the ways that I came off of using things like ibuprofen and non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. I think CBD is nature's medicine. Speaking of nature's medicine, we've given it to our son before when he had uh, a head injury. We used that as a part of Dr. Dan Engel's protocol, and we've also used it for uh, boosting the immune system when he gets run down. I think it is phenomenal. It helps me with sleep. It helps me get rid of the kinks and the old nagging injuries from fighting in football. If you want to learn more, go to wave.com. That's W-A-A-Y-B.com and use code word Kyle at checkout for 10% off. And last but not least, the idea behind Troom Tech Sport was to create a supplement that real athletes could take safely every single day, even the day of competition. We wanted clean energy, ingredients with a history of use in high-level competition, and general health benefits. We believe we have found it in our exclusive combination of Cordyceps Synesis Mushroom, Adaptogens, and methyl B12. Shroom Tech Sport battles fatigue with a strategy unlike any other supplement on the market, promoting efficient energy production through optimal oxygen utilization. This shit is awesome. Let me be perfectly frank. 
Anything that influences the mitochondria in a positive way helps you in a number of ways. It can benefit the brain because we know the brain and the heart have the highest volume of mitochondria concentration in the body, brain and heart. That means when you're pumping it in the gym, running, lifting, whatever you're doing, your body is utilizing the mitochondria to build ATP. They're the workhorses of our body and they're creating ATP throughout it in the brain as well. So you want cognitive energy? This tackles both angles at the same time. Shroom Tech Sport is one of my favorite things to take on a daily basis, and it's going to help you in all ways. So you can get 10% off at onnit.com slash Kyle when you search for Shroom Tech Sport. That's onnit.com slash Kyle for Shroom Tech Sport. And please enjoy the show with my man Christian and my lady Natasha. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Let us know what you think. All right, we're starting this seven minutes late. Now, normally it doesn't matter what time we start a podcast, but today Aubrey's got another podcast coming on at 11. So that's limited us to a 90 minute window, which is now an hour and 23. Mm. Um, so we're going to try to crank this. Christian is not joining us until about halfway through, I think. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. And I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Natasha Kingsbury. Hello. 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 Um, so I just want to knock these out as best I can. I know we didn't get to all the questions last time. We asked new questions. If you had not had your question answered, hopefully you asked it a second time uh, because we just simply could not get through 200 plus questions this first go around. Eventually, this might be a three hour fucking Q&A. We'll section off the right amount of time and we'll just let it go. We got a lot of variety here today. So some, some more relationship stuff, some really personal questions that we will address, and then um, a lot of other stuff. So really good variety here. I'm happy with the questions and this should be a great Q&A. First and foremost, one that was not addressed to the Q&A, but was addressed to me on a different uh, post that I said was too good to leave off the Q&A, um, was a question about, I guess, traveling the path to enlightenment or working on healing and leveling up consciousness, however you want to fucking word that. There are certain words, certain it words and new age communities and, and psychedelic communities that are kind of like, eh, I don't know if that... If I really feel that, it seems kind of, I don't know, I'm fucking out there, but it seems it seems just a little, a little woo-woo. My point being, there is a large discussion in the plant medicine community and a large discussion outside of that community on whether we should be eating meat or not. And Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Cameron just put together another blockbuster hit of bullshit propaganda talking about how we <laughs> should be, all be eating fucking plants. Uh, on it, stay tuned. We'll have a great fucking blog post from our writer, Sean Heisen, including Rob Wolf and uh, my man, Paul Saladino, who is the carnivore MD, medical doctor who eats strictly meat and is just fantastic across the board. All that to say, the discussion we're going to be having around this portion of this first question, and this is a long one, it's not if the health purposes of meat or not. I mean, that'll 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 tie into it. This is more about, should I give up meat in the pursuit of higher consciousness? And the reason for that is we have, and he, he mentions the, I don't have the question in front of me. Again, it's on a different post and I can't find it. He mentions that he feels great eating meat athletically, but as he works with ayahuasca and different plant medicines, he comes off meat for dieta and also following the eightfold path of yoga which we'll get into here. I'm going to have Tosh Reed, who's got her 200-hour yoga teacher training. This is from her handbook. So we're going to read this Eightfold Path of Yoga because I was familiar with it, but I didn't know it off the top of my head. So let's read that. I want you to read just the third paragraph, or actually first and third, 
first and third. Um, so ahimsa is nonviolence. Um, in Sanskrit, the letter A means not. Therefore, you remember the, whole, the first one? Sure. We'll learn Therefore, himsa means harming, injuring, killing, or doing violence. The Greek physician Hippocrates said, above all else, do no harm. All right, third paragraph. No matter what we do in the daily process of living our lives, we are using and often destroying the earth's resources. Practicing ahimsa means we do our best not to. We also look for ways of alleviating suffering whenever we can. We let our conscience be our guide and act accordingly. Those who formally practice nonviolence often do not eat meat because of the obvious suffering it inflicts upon the living world. Okay. So that should give some context to the belief system going into place around this. Does that sound noble? Fuck yeah, it does. There's no question it does. And when you look at factory farming and you know, chickens that are just pumped full of juice and stuck in a cage their whole life. They get so big, they break their legs when they try to walk on them for the first time. You, you watch their, Food Inc. They cut their beaks off so yeah. they aren't pecking each other. Yeah, yeah, you watch Food Inc. and you get an idea of what a horror story looks like. There is no doubt we should be moving away from factory farming and moving back to natural pastured meat that can free range, graze across whatever. And if you're a chicken, you've got plenty of space to go get worms and other bugs and seed is necessary. But my my point here is this comes up a lot, whether they follow the eightfold path of yoga or not. People who get into plant medicines oftentimes will say, we shouldn't do this because we're hurting animals and it's a terrible way to live. They have visions of, and this happens a lot with some of the earthier medicines like ayahuasca, where you have visions of how we're destroying the earth or how we're harming other animals. And I've had visions of factory farmed meat and it fucked me up. And I was like, wow, am I going to be a vegan? And the first vision I had of bears was a panda bear chewing on bamboo and then a black bear eating berries. And I thought, fuck, this is really showing me to be vegan now. <laughs> and then I saw a grizzly bear snatch a salmon out of a stream. And I was like, oh, so what do I eat? And the answer was take from me. And this was in my mind, nature saying take from me. Now, there's a couple paths that I'm going to go down here as I answer this. One is the fact that all life on this planet is eating something else that's alive, with exception to fungi who are the decomposers, and there's certain other bacteria and things like that that work on the deceased. Scavengers, you could say vultures work on old rotten corpses and things like that. But everything, everything through this layered uh, existence is helping to consume other things that we're alive. And the closer it is to being alive, the better it is for us. That's why we know if we have uh, sashimi salmon that's wild caught, it's a lot better than canned uh, chicken of the sea or some shit like that, right? Um, same thing with, with shelf-based stuff that can stick around on the shelf for a year. That's not going to be as good for us as something fresh, whether that's vegetable or, uh, or meat. So let's get that out of the way right there. The other part is, and I get asked this a lot, I got asked this uh, when I first went hunting, there was somebody who was uh, vegetarian or vegan who said, what would the guide say about hunting? Hunting is whack, bro. And <laughs> so he's, of course, referring to Paul Selig, who is a medium and channels these specific guides who help him write all his books in a very short period of time. Now, if you, a lot of people are kind of on the fence about this. I myself was until I met the guy in person. He read 11 people in the room and I was blown the fuck away with his accuracy. 
Not to mention, his books are fantastic. So one of the lessons that the guides teach is all is of or nothing is. And you hear Aubrey and I repeat this a lot. All is of or nothing is. This is all God, our fucking feces, the plants, the trees, the dirt, the, the, the grime under your fingernail. It is all God or nothing is. And that resonates very strongly with me. There's a belief among plant medicine practitioners and Native Americans and a lot of indigenous cultures across the world, and it's called animism. It is that everything is animated with the same juice. Whatever soul I have, the cactus has. Whatever consciousness I have, the mountains have. All of it is conscious. All of it is alive. All is, it a, all is of or nothing is. And so the question I posed to him was, is the panda bear more God than the grizzly bear? Is the panda bear more conscious than the grizzly bear? Because the grizzly eats salmon and the panda does not. Now, that's an obvious answer. The obvious answer is, of course not. That's preposterous, right? Even if, you, even if you're an atheist, it would be stupid to try to say one is better than the other because of the food choices they make, right? So the argument comes to, but we can make decisions. We are conscious. We understand what is right and wrong, and we can live based on those principles. And that argument doesn't stand either. Much of what we do here is about figuring out nuances in life, and taking care of ourselves is imperative. And if you look at the research, Rob Wolf, who got into the paleo world as a raw vegan, you look at these people as they get, as they get into there, it's because they weren't satisfying their health needs through an all-plant diet. Now, that's not to say it can't be done. Rich Roll is a fantastic athlete. He can do it. Darren Olean, I'm going to have him on the podcast, the most yoked vegan I've ever seen. Awesome guy, superfood hunter, great guy. But the fact that you would say you might need to eliminate meat from your diet in an effort to grow more spiritual is a complete misnomer that people really miss the ball on. And I've met, both of us have met a lot of people who became vegan after doing ayahuasca. And another thing to consider is, as I stated before, whatever the oracle tells you is for you and you alone. If you remember Neo in the Matrix, what did the Oracle tell him? She's told him, you're not the one, even though he was, because he needed to hear that at that time. There are times in life where you will be called to eat more plants or more meat or go keto or fast. And if you're listening to your body and you have a clue about what you're doing and you, you know to follow your intuition, that's all perfect. Paul Check, who's an omnivore, spent a year as a strict vegan. And that's just because he was listening to the calling, right? Uh, it's important also to know that ayahuasqueros and curanderos from the Amazon who make ayahuasca and other um, sacred plants, they will go on a vegetable diet, meaning they will diet the plant, that's a plant dieta, for very specific master plants outside of ayahuasca, plants that they consider to be of high value and a true medicine. And they will be very strict with zero protein. But when they're not on dieta, they eat chicken, they eat fish, and they eat eggs. So if we, we do a quick review of where Paul Chek got a lot of his diet information from, it was a guy named Weston A. Price. Weston A. Price was a dentist who traveled the globe looking at indigenous cultures. If they have not been impacted by uh, Western civilization, then most of them had perfect teeth. They didn't have a word for cancer. They didn't have a word for heart disease. 
They were shredded, they were spelt, and they ate what was local to them. If you were closer to the equator, that like the Amazonian people, that meant you had much smaller prey because of the heat. So you would eat fish, fowl, eggs, and a lot of fruit, a lot of carbohydrates because it was around year round. If you move closer to the poles where it's colder, you had much bigger game. And that would allow you to eat bison or uh, anything else, moose, whatever, big, large animals with a lot of fat on them. And periodically, at a certain point every year, you would go without carbohydrates for a little while. Now, most people here that are obese who've come from Northern Northern European uh, ancestry would do well to cut carbohydrates for at least a few months out of the year because their body is inclined to do well doing that. All right. I Well, on a side note, the, the way that we eat is um, we find restaurants and we eat at places and when we eat meat, we make sure that it's grass-fed, free-range, organic, that our meat source we know is humane. We know that these animals lived a great life and like praying for your food before you eat. It's a it's a showing respect to the animals, to the plants, because the plants are just as alive as the animals. They feel just like animals. And you can watch a very exciting documentary called The Secret Life of Plants. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's fucking weird. Really weird, but it was super interesting. Um, but ideally, we will eventually have chickens and we'll have our own eggs and we'll hunt for our meat and like we'll be yeah and to that note when you hunt i'm not just slinging arrows if i don't have a good shot i'm not going to take it because i don't want to wound an animal and not find it and then Mm -hmm. it fucking dies slowly yeah and i don't want to ruin the meat by puncturing through in its intestines and blowing out the back of its leg i want to have a kill shot that is humane and quick yeah and and also balance, listening, learning how to listen to your body. Sometimes you won't need meat. Sometimes you just want to eat vegetables and go that route for a couple days or even just a day, but not feeling this. I have to eat meat with every meal. Um, But the biggest thing is knowing where your meat is coming from and how those animals were raised and um, butchered. Yeah. And so, you know, finally, before we, we move on, all these other questions will go much quicker than that, I promise, is... um. Listen to what the oracle tells you. If, if you if you do a deep plant medicine work, and it can, this can be anything, but again, typically, I think these these types of downloads regarding Gaia or the Mother Earth happen from earthier earthier things like ayahuasca and wachuma. If you get the download that you're going to go vegan for a while, do it, but don't hold on tight. Do it. Listen to your body. If you feel like you're craving meat, go back to meat. And but listen to your body. And if so, if you get that download and that's for you and you alone, then follow that. Listen to it. And if yours tells you, you know, keep eating meat, then keep eating meat. But just pick a good source. All right. We got a lot of good stuff here. Let's see here. I'll try to bounce around a little bit because I don't want to keep on too much. Well, looks like our first ones are. Let me reorganize these. Newest first. All right. What is your story to bear about Santa, the Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, etc.? I like this one. So I grew up, uh, my mom never did Santa, Tooth Fairy, any of them. Um, it was very, uh, just very, like I've talked about before, Christian home. And so she wanted, didn't want to take away from um, Christ's birthday and all of that stuff. 
And uh, my story to bear, I definitely do all of the little fun holiday characters just because it's fun. It's a child, it's a childhood fantasy, imagination, and it's exciting. Um, but when it comes to presents for Christmas, I make sure that um, it's also, I, we instill a sense of it's a time to give. And um, we go shopping and we spend a couple hundred dollars on donation toys. And um, and I always tell him, because as he gets older, I'm sure he'll start to be like, well, doesn't Santa give everybody presents? But I tell him we're Santa's helpers and it's our job since there's so many people to buy presents for everyone. Um, so that's my pitch when it comes to to the holidays. Yeah, but he gets just to help. making it exciting. It's fun. It's a fun. I don't see anything wrong with having the fun little holiday characters. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with it at all. And I think back, like, I don't think of figuring out that Santa Claus isn't real that I was I had any type of betrayal. Like, I didn't look at my parents like, how could you? <laughs> you know, it was like, oh. You okay. <laughs> well, that, that kind of makes sense because I was old enough to, to really rationalize like, yeah, how could he do that? How could he get around all, you know, those types of things. So, but again, it is, it's a beautiful thing to use imagination. One of his favorite movies is uh, Rise of the Guardians, mm -hmm. which has all those characters, the Tooth mm -hmm. Fairy, the Easter Bunny, Santa it's Claus, so Jack Frost, uh, uh, the Sandman, you know, for sleep. I mean, it's, it's a dope movie. It's a really good movie. And well, now that I'm going off on a tangent about that movie, Jack Frost, he has to find his center. Spoiler alert. Watch it with your kids. His center is play. Yeah. He's always fucking with people, throwing snowballs at them, making things cold. And that's really cool because that that should be <laughs> that should be a lot of our centers is to play more. All right. I'm sure that'll come up again. Mm -hmm. Here's what I've been so fascinated to know. You and Tosh have mentioned trying to have another child. How does that figure into her relationship with Christian? He had talked about wanting to provide her with material things and a nice life, but hadn't talked about what it would be like for him if the two of you conceived. He also hadn't addressed whether he feels children are in the cards for him, in which case would Tosh be the one in that role? I'm confused about how pregnancy and visions of children fit into open. I'd love to hear more about this. I speculate about whether the unmarried partners in open have some subconscious or conscious ideas about not wanting to be married or have children and how that it fits if they do. Thanks in advance. Love the Q&A. was a fantastic listen. Um, as we've talked about before, everyone's model of polyamory or open or whatever they're, they're doing, it's different for everyone. Um, and for us, we really are creating a family and Christian does want children, has wanted children since he was young. And um, it's something that we've all discussed as if it happens, um, how does everybody feel? And everybody is okay with it. Um, he already has taken on, he's uncle to bear. And, but when Kyle's out of town for week-long trips. He plays dad. He's home. He's doing the dad role. And um, of course, when it was first discussed um, in, my, in my head, I was like, oh God, what would people think? What would my family think? And, you know, all the what would people think thoughts. And then I quickly changed it to, well, what do I think? What do we feel? What would make me happy? And what am I okay with? 
This is my life and we're okay with it. We're all on board. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't, I don't think I need to add much to that, but I, I want more children in our life and I've let go through plant medicines largely. I know that's another question we have. How do we work through our shit? Because there's a lot that comes up. Plant medicines and even, even, um, synthetics like, like, uh, LSD, ketamine, MDMA have really helped me process a lot of things. And one of those is letting go of the need to have genetic paternity over any other children we add to our family. And I, that was actually easier than I thought it would be because we've talked about adoption. So I don't have this burning desire to pass my seed along to further the earth. I already have a son, so I guess I've checked that box off. But my point is, I want more children and I will love them the same. I will be happy just the same, no matter if I'm the true dad, biological dad or not, I will still be a father to those children, the way Christian is a father to bear. And I think that that pretty much sums that up. I know we had <laughs> four or five of those questions. We want to do less, I guess, uh, detailed personal things on shows like this, but um, obviously that's a question that comes up and it deserves an answer. So, and hopefully- it's a great question to answer because if for some reason or not for some reason, if I get pregnant and the baby is half Hispanic, then brown eyes. that is yeah. <laughs> like, it's out, yeah. it's there. So it's, it's a thing that we were very much living the life that we want. Yeah. And that we and believe it's, in. It's not a mistake at that point, right? Because we've we've discussed this uh, quite a bit over the last six months, really, really getting into the discussion around it. Um, and again, like I said, you can read the book, um, More Than Two, An Ethical Guide to Polyamory. They say everyone does it differently, which is completely true. And they get into they they get into this discussion around kids and the key for anyone is just to make that decision and know what's going to happen with it, to stick to those grounds and to not break those agreements, you know? And if it is something, you know, if, 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 if I didn't want that and Tosh said, okay, and nodded her head and said, we're on the same page and then let it happen, that could be a huge issue. It could end the fucking marriage. It could end the whole thing, you know? And so whatever you guys agree upon, it's important to be honest with yourselves and with each other in communication. And then from there, if things start to change, you could say, hey, I'm, I know I said yes to this, but I'm really not comfortable with it. And you could, that conversation can continue. So that's all food for thought. Read the book. It'll really help. Um, for all those of you that are asking that, it seems like that that's a the curiosity of that question comes from a place of wanting to know the deep inner workings of polyamory. And I think that book will really help. All right, this this comes back to psychedelics. Do you think sometimes that maybe you are living in an illusion and all of your spiritual progress is just another mask of your ego? Hmm. I fucking love this question. Yeah, that's a good question. Do you want to Yeah, start I'll, I'll jump yeah, right in if you don't want to take it. I want to give I you as much, uh, <laughs> much mic time as possible. So my thought on that is this. There are a couple of times where I've taken psychedelics And I felt what is kind of known as imposter syndrome, where I looked at myself like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not an expert. What am I going to tell you? And this this really happened for me first on a seven gram mushroom day with you, with Tosh at at the beach in Santa Cruz. And um, 
I was thinking of, I'd just gone on Rogan's. I was considering his idea of me starting a podcast. And the second I brought that up, should I start a podcast? I heard a voice say, what the fuck do you know? And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and it wasn't my voice. And I was just like, wow. And it stunned me. And I was like, oh, wow. And I sat with that for hours. What the fuck do I know? And the answer was nothing. I don't know anything. <laughs> I thought about what I really know. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of into keto and diet nutrition and organic eating and natural living and blah, blah, blah. But I'm not an expert on any of those things. And how that came out full circle was me understanding that this podcast can help people. I can have the actual experts on like Rob Wolf, Mark Sisson, and Dominic D'Agostino and fucking Dr. Peter Atia, and the list goes on and on. I can talk to the experts. I can talk to people who aren't experts, but know a lot and have a wealth of information to share. And that wisdom can help people and myself included. I'm the first person that gets to listen to it. So I really do learn a lot doing these shows. Um, but that was a big one regarding imposter syndrome. So sometimes in life, I think we are shown or the ego gets crushed to a point where you're just like, fuck, how do I put myself back together? And those are those can be beautiful experiences if you can learn what's happening in the experience, why it's happening, and how is this working for me, right? Aubrey often talks about if you can shift from this thing is happening to me to this thing is happening for me, you paint the challenge in a different light and it allows you to see through a new lens. And as the homie Dr. Wayne Dyer said before he passed, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And that's not a fucking woo-woo statement. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Now, if I look at Shaquille O'Neal and think that's not a basketball player, it's not a very accurate thought. He's still <laughs> going to be a basketball player. He's still seven foot plus. He's still one of the greatest of all time. But my point is, when you reframe a challenge or a stressful moment in life, and you could take the angle of how is this helping me? What is this here to teach me? That shifts everything. And I think those are really the only times where my ego might be in control if I'm thinking like, this is happening to me. Why is this happening to me? Or always. If you start using language like this always happens and it's something shitty, it's a very ugly road to go down. You don't want to say always and attach that to a negative. Um, and so I think, I think that's just food for thought. But Again, I think most people who have a heroic dose of any plant medicine or even LSD for that matter in the right set and setting with intention will say that is the, one of the most profound experiences they've ever had in their life. And it can be life altering. And even though it doesn't do the work for you, it can give you homework that will change your life if you do the work in integration. And mm -hmm. I think by that note, as I look back on each of my experiences that helped level me up, if you will. Um, I would say at no point do I feel like that was an illusion. It felt more real than everyday life in many of those circumstances. And I think that's, that's kind of the key there. Yeah. And I think the, like the heart behind, you know, any sharing that you do of the visions and the messages that you get, um, if you're doing it as like, I'm so woke. I'm, I've got this, you know, I have these visions and this is what it's about versus like sharing things from your own perspective, your own healing, um, knowing there are other people out there who have had a similar life or experience. Um, but I feel like the, the ego 
it's always going to be there. It's always going to be something that shows its face. Um, yeah, the key is not, you cannot extinguish that. And, and right. Sella gets into that as well. The soul braids, it, it braids a nice tight braid when we step into a body with the ego. And the ego protects us. It's what keeps us alive. It what's, it's what makes us want to do better in life. It's what gives us our competitive edge. It's what allows us to say, I'm going to fucking crush today and get up and do the things that I don't want to do because I want to be better. If you didn't have an ego, you wouldn't want to be better. You would accept all that is for what it is. You would understand that all things are God and you would appreciate all that is. And that's good too. But to toggle back in, back in between, between the fourth or between the two rather, and understand that these things can work in concert if used appropriately, that's where we come to higher levels of consciousness, enlightenment, whatever the fuck you want to call that. When you have symbiosis between the two, you're acting in accordance of doing things para al bien de todos, for the good of all. When you reach that state, you're doing well. The ego can help you do that, but it needs to be under your control. It not, doesn't need to be the driver. It can be the co-pilot in life, and I think that's, that's the distinction. You cannot dissolve the ego. You cannot get rid of it while you're in this fucking form. It is impossible, and that would be foolish to do because you would no longer need to live without it. I think also ketamine helps with that. Yeah, yeah, ketamine <laughs> fucking fantastic for that, no doubt. You're con- you're Let me not- step outside myself and really take a look at myself. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think that as a dissociative is incredibly beneficial for depression, anxiety, a lot of these things, PTSD, uh, even coming off SSRIs. My first coach, Vince Perez Mazzola, uh, I'm going to see next week out in Arizona. Phenomenal guy. He got off a lot of medication using ketamine-assisted therapy. And uh, even on a microdose level, we have nasal spray prescribed for us. We can drop back a couple layers and kind of sort our shit out. So again, this is another tool. And now being adopted on a much wider scale through across Western medicine is being used to help people. All right. uh, My boy D... Do you miss me? Kind of. He was a, a guy who worked across the street from me. We call him Frenchy because he's from France. And uh, <laughs> he ran or he ran a restaurant across from the shitty bar I worked at when I was first getting into the UFC. Um, yeah, I do miss you, D. All right. Hey, Kyle, my name is Ken, and I have a question for you that I have been pondering for quite some time. So I am in the, I'm going to mess this up. Oklivuha Native American Church, and I just recently turned down an opportunity to become an apprentice of one of our elder medicine men. I felt I wasn't ready because I am so new to the world of plant medicine, and I feel though I have more work to do as though I have more work to do first. I first sat with Grandfather Peyote this February, and have continued the ceremonies since, and have sat six times now. Good work. I haven't sat with Grandmother Aya yet. Anyways, my question for the Q and A is for both of you. What was your path to connect to spirit, source, God, and how do you personally open yourself to receive and listen to it? I feel like I can tap into some moments. Growing up in a very negative, polygamous, Mormon environment, I spent all of my early 20s and teens as a raging atheist, but I'm no longer that person, and this feels like a large, in large part of the transition before I can even attempt to learn about what it truly means to be a medicine person and hold that space. I need to fully embrace, embrace spirit, and understand what that looks like for me. I very much desire your insights, and this is something very important to me as I share so many similarities with you and Kyle. I would mean it would mean so much to you to hear your perspective. Thank you so much from the SLC and Utah, Ken. Hmm. Um, 
So talk about our path, like the why, why we're doing ceremonies. No, I think, I think, um, I think yeah, what was your path to connect to spirit source God and how do you personally open yourself to receive and listen to it? Um, just doing the work, any, any messages that we get in ceremony, listening to them at, you know, doing the change, whatever changes need to be done in life or, um, the path to it, what drew me to it was, um, just really wanting to go deeper into myself in ways that I hadn't. Um, and after that first mushroom experience with you, just, it, ju it really just, even though it was an incredibly heroic dose, it just barely pulled back the curtain inside, which really made me want more. Um, I don't know if I'm answering this question very right. I just, I, I feel like the, so the knowing that like, I'm never a finished product and that even if, even when I've worked through some really painful, hard things and I come out and I'm like, oh, it's like a weight was lifted off. There have been times I've had to revisit those things. Um, but like in a different, like a different perspective of it, a different part of it. Um, but knowing that we're constantly evolving and changing um, and so with that, continually doing the work. Yeah. So I got a couple on these. One, I would say the knee jerk reaction you have, the gut reaction you have to turning that down to be an apprentice right now, I think is the right choice because that's the first choice you had. That's often the best choice. Secondly, I will say when it comes up again, really check in because it can help you grow a lot to have the standard of what it takes. And you understand that now. There is a standard of care when you become a medicine person, man or woman, that is much higher than people would often think they can attain or much higher than they would hope. Now, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of shitty, shitty medicine people in the Amazon, plenty of shitty med medicine people in the States and worldwide. That's all the more reason to want to be one of the best. And to be one of the best, you have to do the work on yourself. So kudos to you for doing the ceremonies. Continue to work with all the medicines you can. Um, and it's just time in, you know. But the fact that you were offered by the elder medicine man to become an apprentice under the elder medicine man means that guy has read you and sees your potential and knows you are capable of doing that. That's a very firm opinion that I believe you would not be asked by the elder medicine man. It's not like he's just picking up people from the sidewalk off the street and saying like, hey, uh, you want to come to my school and apprentice under me? Like they're looking for successors to carry their legacy and hand it down generation to generation. And if you're selected for that, there's a fucking reason for that. So see that in yourself, know your potential, and then work towards it through the plants and the integration practices necessary. Uh, as far as... What was the path to connect to spirit source God and how do you personally open yourself to receive and listen to it? I was largely atheist before getting into plant medicines and um, water or shake, shake. shake. Sorry. All right. You're gonna have to move away from the mic because it's all gurgly now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking so much shit in the background. Who's that fucking guy drinking a shake in the back <laughs> of the podcast? And I'm like, oh, that was me. I wasn't even on the podcast. Um, <laughs> um so I, I would say without without a doubt, entheogens, right, which is another word for plant medicines or psychedelics, um, 
literally mean to be in God, right? I mean, and that, I don't know if that's literally the, the definition. You can look it up, but I think theo comes from the Greek word God. So in God, um, and then, then that's, I am butchering this, but look it up in Theogen. <laughs> Point is, those are the things that, that first gave me a deeper understanding of what God is. Uh, to make it very simple and plain Jane, I believe God is love. I don't believe that there is any judgment for the small amount of time that we're here. I believe the punishment is built into the crime or whatever it is that however we harm others, that is the weight we carry through this life and maybe on to upcoming lives. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if karma exists either, um, but God is love. And if you don't believe me, do five MEO DMT enough times and you will find out for yourself. Um, that said, how, I think the, the, the more important piece here is how do you personally open yourself to receive and listen to it? So one of the things, and this goes back to Albert Hoffman, the guy who invented LSD. They asked him his recommendation. If you're going to take LSD, how should you do it? And he said, be in nature. Now, again, a lot of people in plant medicine space are averse to synthetics because it, it doesn't occur in nature, so we should shit on it. LSD actually does occur in nature, or something very similar to it, and they talk about this in the Eleusinian Mysteries in ancient Greece. A lot of the legendary thinkers from that time period were taking a substance called kikion that had very similar ingredients to LSD. My point is, LSD is fucking fantastic, but if the guy who invented it also microdosed with it until he was 102, the ripe old age of 102, this guy lived a very long life, utilizing LSD and other practices. He said, be in nature. And this is really important. What these things do for us, for many of us, there are common traits. If you go to arrowid.org, we'll link to it in the show notes. It is a drug database of every drug from meth to caffeine to all the plant medicines. And you can read trip reports. You see some common traits in the trip reports with the plants, including LSD and psilocybin. And what you find is a drawing to nature, a wanting to do better for the environment, a wanting to help the world heal, a wanting to help ourselves heal. And one of the ways we do that is in nature because we are not separate from it. This is a giant concert. All of these things are here interwoven to help us grow. And they're all there for their own reasons. But we are all in this giant symphony and nature is one of the greatest places you can go to connect to spirit. You climb a fucking mountain, in Arizona or some beautiful place, and you look out and you sit and you meditate on top of that mountain, you will feel connected. There is no doubt about it. Find a big park with grass and walk barefoot, climb yeah. trees. Climb trees like my boy Aaron Alexander. <laughs> yeah, I did that in Central Park. On Just a don't do a backflip off of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, nature is for sure the place where I can go. And even just going for a walk, it's a great way for me to get out of my mind and into my heart space and even ground and get into my feet space. It's important to feel the earth underneath your feet. And I'll do that regularly, like three times, at least three times a day, I'm going to walk a mile. And I do that with my shirt off to get some sun on the solar panels. Um, I do that Really just to, sometimes you can't sit. I've got a lot on my mind. I need to contemplate and I can't just sit still in a dark room. And it's important to walk, to move that energy off, to breathe, to do breath work, to get the sun. And then as I get through the contemplation, I can finally have deep inner peace and connect and listen to my intuition. And, uh, you know, this gets into another thing. When we have big decisions in life, uh, the plants are a great teacher. They can help us if we're at a crossroads but also getting still, getting quiet, sleeping on it, figuring out ways where we can really calm ourselves. Here's our boy. 
guys. Uncle Christian. <laughs> we'll have you over there. He's going to get you set up. I'll just finish up with this question. Get out in nature. Go to a lake. Go to a mountain. Go for a hike. Uh, those are all excellent ways to get out of your head. Going for a run is an excellent way to get out of your head. Just pace it to a point where you're not overdoing it. I feel like I'm, I could run an ultra on LSD. <laughs> I even a microdose. I'm, I'm like, not, I could run forever. I don't consider myself a great runner. But if I run at a nose breathing pace, I get out of my fucking head. I'm focused on my breathing, which is a focal point in meditation. And from there, I can really get a lot of good downloads and feel centered. I can feel grounded and I can feel like the overwhelming pieces of life are just a little bit quieter. That noise gets turned a little bit further down and I can process things a little easier. So again, there are many tools for that, but I think those are those are some of the biggest ways that I connect to God and, and feel that sense of connection and oneness with, with all things. All right, our boy Christian has joined us. Uh, we already told the crowd, since there was an overwhelming number of questions, that if you end up being dad, that's totally cool. Oh, so, we've gone over that. Okay. Yeah, we, are, we went over that, that one. Yeah. Um, that was going to be a tough one. I just had to go in order of these from newest to oldest. Okay. Uh, all right. So we, here's kind of a quick answer. If I told you God put me on this earth to create world peace as my act of service to him, her, what would you say? My quick answer is that's a good mission. Now, to go in a little bit more detail on that, how do we change the world? We must be the change that, that we, we wish, wish to, to see, see in the world, mm -hmm. right? So it starts with us. It starts with us. And, and then it reverberates out. And there's a great video. I'll see if Ryan can locate it online on YouTube. It's called The I We All or I Us All by Paul Check. I We All, I think. And that talks about how you prioritize the healing. It starts with you. That is how you prioritize peace. It starts with you. When you are Mother Teresa level peace, you have the ability to impact many, many more people. Um, if there are any cracks in the lining, that won't be as authentic in the mission, right? So it is really about leveling up as best you can, healing as best you can, and being the walking embodiment of that peace. And then it goes to the we. It goes to your partner, the person you love the most, the person you spend the most time with in life, or partners, I guess, in any case. Uh, and then from there, outside of your family, to your community, local, eat local, all that stuff, influence local, have charities, have other things, have a movement, have a small Facebook group, whatever it is, and let it grow and let it expand and let it go out. And then we can think globally. And you can do plenty of shit internationally, like my man, Justin Wren, who's going to come on the podcast, who's working with the Pygmies to develop clean water systems, um, and a number of other things, helping them out with medical care. He's a phenomenal dude. He didn't start here in the US to make it a better place. He visited the Congo and he's helping them out. So the world needs more people like him. The world needs more people like you, but just remember, it takes a big, strong commitment to heal yourself and be the walking embodiment of those things. And the, the best example of how powerful that is, is being a parent or being an uncle or an, an auntie, anyone who is around children or has children in their life, children are a mirror of you. So knowing that how we behave, how we take care of ourselves, how we eat, how we speak, how we treat others, um, that that is what our children will embody and our children are the future. So 
being an example, not only for the world, but for the people in your own life. And the only way to do that is to really be that yourself. Because you can tell your kid all day, let's, you know, we got to exercise, you got to be healthy, you got to eat healthy. But then if we're eating crap, and we're not taking care of ourselves, and we're not meditating, we're not doing yoga, we're not doing breath work with him on the drive to school. Like, that's, I think, one of the biggest, walk biggest, it. most important things. Walk it like you talk it. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have kids and you don't have nieces or nephews, that's fine. Big sisters, big brothers mm-hmm. is an awesome program where you can mentor a young person at the age of your choosing and have an impact on someone's life. And also, again, get that mirror in front of your face to really expose yourself and see what are the ways you can work on yourself to be a better person and lead by example. All right. Top three favorite books. It's a loaded question. How to focus on what's important in life, tricks to stay healthy on a budget, cool, new to innovative things, favorite coffee method of making coffee and why. All right. So I'm just going to go around the table here for the three favorite books, and then we'll knock out the rest of these. My three favorite books are A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Um, how to eat, move and be healthy by Paul check. And man, this is tough. Cause they're all in different categories. It's kind of like movies. Yeah. It's hard to go overall. It's easy <laughs> to section them off. Um, the third one I would say, man, mm-hmm. probably mastery by Robert green. That was a book that I read this year that just blew the fucking doors off of Everything I think about business-wise, the mission, apprenticeship, mentorship. um, It's a fantastic read. Uh, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy also. Um, A New Earth is also one of my favorites, but I like The Untethered Soul, which is kind of the same. It's basically the same, but kind of dumbed down, a little easier <laughs> to read. A New Michael, Earth can be. Michael Singer. Michael is the Singer, yeah. So, and, and, and The Untethered Soul. Um, and then the third category was what? There's no categories. Oh, you just, just go oh, okay. Um, probably Rise of the Mist, uh, the 49th Mystic, oh, and Rise put, of the yeah. Mystics. I'll put, I'll put and 49th. the Forgotten Way. So, <laughs> the Ted Decker books. <laughs> the Ted Decker books. Rise, Rise of the Mystics, 49th Mystic, I would actually put higher than. than uh, Higher than, higher than um, the last book I mentioned, Mastery by Robert Greene. But all those are phenomenal. Christian? My favorite ones right now for sure is one I'm still reading, The Untethered Soul. And then Everything is Fucked. I forgot the Mark author Manson. of that one. Yep. That phenomenal. was a damn good one. Yep. And then Unshakable by Tony Robbins. Okay. I still haven't one. read that one. It's a good mm-hmm. one. All right. Last of these, What's uh, how to focus on what's important in life. First of all, you got to know what that is, what that is to you. Mm-hmm. So one of the messages we keep getting, and I keep getting particularly, is play. So that doesn't mean every day is a celebration, but uh, you know where I throw caution to the wind and and uh, you know turn get turned up at the club. <laughs> it just means that um, I find ways to celebrate and play more often. Play with my son. Play. We played fucking t-ball the other day at Zilker Park and just went running around. Uh, our fake man-made bases with our t-shirts it down. was bullshit it was awesome it was bullshit it was awesome it's a great day so i mean there's ways you can play like that you can play where my wife and i went for a run at zilker for a little three mile jog and we talked the whole time that to me is play um getting outside when i go for a walk with aubrey and our shirts are off and we're just chatting about life that's play it's not taking shit so serious it's finding ways to move more and get more out of life and i think those are the things that are important to me but know what's important to you and then um, wiggle that into your schedule as often as possible. So 
Uh, I think that's it. Tricks to stay healthy on a budget. Um, eggs. Eggs. Eggs is good. Good quality eggs. Is eggs very and good. butter. Honestly, get a Costco membership. If that's one of the easiest ways to eat organic food. I know a lot of people are going to say, no, you're supporting big business and big agriculture and blah, blah, blah. True, but at least you're getting organic food for cheap. So if you have a Costco membership, we used to do this. Typically, we buy from Whole Foods and we order online from Butcher Box and uh, other companies like U.S. Wellness Meats uh, for the beef liverwurst and things like that. So, and of course, hunting. Um, but hunting, hunting is a little expensive or can be expensive as well. And intermittent fasting. You're eating less meals. Also, drinking lots of water. There's ways that you can take care of yourself and feel full but not spend, you know, feel like you have to eat full meals every time. Yeah. And but also being okay with not having a fancy dinner every time. There's plenty of nights where I'm like, all right, we're doing an egg thing. So it's eggs and veg, you know, like a little scramble of stuff, but it's filling. And so, it's good for us. And it's good for right. us. Grass-fed beef at Whole Foods is permanently $5.99 a pound thanks to Amazon's purchase of it. So grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef. You make burgers, you know, yeah. you can throw it in, uh, throw it in eggs, whatever. That's that's one of the ways we consume red meat most often uh, because of the price point. It's not like we're having steak every night. All right. Besides ayahuasca, have y'all experimented with other jungle medicines like San Pedro, Cambo, or any others? If so, can you share your experiences or knowledge otherwise? Now, it's 1026. We got 30 minutes. And we got quite a few more questions, just like last time. So I'm going to make this brief um, just for the sake of time so we can try to get through as many of these as we can. Tasha and I got to do Wachuma, and that was three nights uh, last year with Don Howard at Spirit Quest. Aubrey and the crew were there. And Vilka. And Vilka. So Wachuma is very gentle medicine, in my opinion. Uh, it's very loving. It connects us to the earth. It was beautiful to do that and be outside daytime in the Amazon and working with various tribes. And I think that was um, just an incredible experience. And I recommend it to people. And I feel like it's in many ways less challenging than something like ayahuasca or iboga. Um, Cambo haven't tried yet. Our boy Mike Salemi is learning to be a practitioner. And I will happily go through my first Cambo experience with him. Um what else? Vilka. So we did Vilka. Vilka is a snuff from the Amazon that contains 5-MeO-DMT, NN-DMT, and bufotenine. And it is for sure the granddaddy of all <laughs> teacher plants. It's like a 45-minute to 90-minute DMT trip that has all the same properties of ayahuasca in terms of the ability to vomit or shit yourself. I went into great detail on that on Aubrey's podcast. So we will um, link to that in the show notes if you want to hear the full download around that. But yes, uh, tremendous respect for the other plants in the Amazon and some that aren't psychedelic. We've worked with like Bobansana and things like that. So Christian has just done mushrooms, LSD, ayahuasca, and ketamine. So he's he's and working MDMA. on an MDMA, working on building up the repertoire there. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's see. More of the same. We got to get him on that hop A. That sounds awful. Okay. So many damn <laughs> options for eating, for getting lean. Dolce, diet, keto, intermittent fasting. What have you had the best success with and or see the most successful? I'd say intermittent fasting for sure. Um, I mean, just having like the like the proper windows, you know, whether it's just like a four-hour and challenging yourself on those, whether it's like an eight-hour window, six-hour window, but really stopping your body just from eating because people overeat the worst like at night. 
I mean, I still catch myself doing a little bit. Tasha smiling because she knows she does a little bit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but still, I think uh, having those windows is probably the best to where your body can just take in water outside of that that eating block. You know, so I think that's the best results that I've had is intermittent fasting. Um, when I'm good about it, yes, intermittent fasting. <laughs> I haven't been because my excuse in my head is, well, I'm trying to get pregnant, so exactly. it's okay that I'm eating all these snacks mm -hmm. late at night. I'll add true. a banana. <laughs> <laughs> um, but keto definitely is my my favorite. Um, yeah, I just like keto. feeling full. I like that when I eat food, it's a longer time before I feel hungry again. So I just, in my head, um, it just feels like I can accomplish more and I don't worry about like, oh no, I'm going to get hungry. I got to go do this thing. I got to have snacks. Um, but also just listening to my body and there's times I'm strict keto and I'm not eating a lot of carbs. And then lately in the last month or so, I've been adding in a lot more carbs just because we were trying to get pregnant. So. And the biggest thing, we're all different, you know? So one diet is not going to be great for every single person. There's no the question so about that. Just... No question. Uh, Christian's exactly right. Intermittent fasting is the thing you can do on any fucking diet, whether you're vegan, carnivore, keto. Intermittent fasting will have, uh, it has proven, scientific, scientifically proven effects on the mitochondria and on longevity markers in the body. Telomere length, you fucking name it. Any way you dice, us having, uh, not like living to 150, but living well, um, to become a centenarian, intermittent fasting can be one of the best tools that we use for that. And that's certainly been the case with me. All right, Tosh, as a stay-at-home mom, me too, hashtag me too, how do you manage your own time away from Bear? <laughs> well, he's in school now. Um, so that just opened up my um, entire day, Monday through Friday. And um, we are in the process of moving. We're going to move into a new house in November. And so I've just started packing, but my, my, what I was literally just talking to Kyle and Christian about the other day was I need to have a weekly routine written out, or I don't, I won't accomplish and do the things that I want to do. Cause I'll just fill it with like, Oh, I want to get laundry done. I need to get the grocery shopping done. I want to get the things done. That way when bear's home, I can be more present. And then even when bear's home, I'm still busy doing like I got to make dinner and I got to. So, and there are days where I get really frustrated because I didn't get some exercise, even if it's a 15 minute workout in. So writing out my routine is I've done it in the past and I just need to do it now. Um, but I want to, um, have time for art. I want to have time for music. I want to have time for reading. That's something I miss a lot when, uh, before Bear went to school was I didn't have time to read books. I would just listen to audiobooks here and there where I could, if I wasn't listening to Storybots. Um, but, uh, yeah, just kind of writing out and it doesn't have to be, a, I don't make it this grandiose, I'm going to exercise for an hour or I'm going to do this for an hour, just doing something. Um, but it's, yeah, my schedule is way more free now that he's in school cool all right we're gonna go into rapid fire here until i get to christian's question which you can take a sweet ass time with um how have your fitness priorities and goals changed over the last five years well i retired about five years ago and they've changed tremendously number one i don't ever really do a two a day if i do it's a very they're like two easy workouts 
Somebody shut that dog up. Actually, that's just Loby out, out there, um, who I love. So we'll give her a pass. If you hear a beautiful little wolf dog outside, it's Loby making all the noise. Um, all right. So they've changed because I've, I've needed to slow down. I've needed to take more time for myself. Um, I don't have the strict desire to be 5% body fat like I did when I was fighting. I'm happy just to be healthy and be able to move better. So Fit. that's that's one of the ways there. 50% body fat. 15 yeah, that's unacceptable. Don't say that. I'm kidding. I was, no, I was, I'm no, you're not. I was 14% body fat and I almost lost my fucking mind. I was like, unacceptable, unacceptable. I got to be at least eight. So that's, I guess, I guess one of the ways it's changed. All right. How do you, all right, let's see here. Steps to feel when you're, when you're stuck in a rut. Christian, what do you do when you're stuck in a rut? Uh, that's why I just take the time, take a step back and breathe. You know, I've had um, multiple, I mean, Pretty recent, honestly, whether it's, you know, me and Tosh having some arguments, um, me struggling with work or whatever it is, uh, just kind of taking time to myself, whether it's, you know, getting away from you guys, away from Bear and just breathing. You know, people get lost. People, I mean, yeah, we breathe every single day, but people get lost in this thing like where, oh man, like I just need to go a million miles an hour, get stuff done. Like I'm not accomplishing whatever, whatever I want to do today. So just taking this time to step back and honestly just sit there and breathe and realize what you have and be grateful and everything and engage with whatever you have going on for you. And you know, it's, whether it's good or bad, realize that it's gonna pass. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, just be engaged with it, whatever's going on and just let it pass and just take a step back and just breathe and just engage with it. And you have a really healthy morning routine also that you mm. had even before we started dating, which was very attractive. Um, <laughs> you know, waking up, you do like morning movement uh -huh. and you're doing breath work. And now that you're staying at our house, mostly you have the ice bath and the juve, mm. which is something Kyle and I need to start being better about in the morning, taking turns, feeding bear breakfast. But yeah, I feel like you, you always, you have that really good morning routine that you do. Yeah. Well, that's great because that just that just segued into what's your morning routine and how do you keep it going when your day changes. So for me, I want to get out in nature and I sometimes get to do this. We're up before the sun rises. Sometimes I'll get out with Bear and we'll watch the sunrise. It's been cloudy as of late, so I've skipped that. Uh, but I basically have to get outside and walk. I'll usually walk a mile. I'll do different forms of breath work, like CO2 retention breath holds on a whole exhale while I walk 20 steps. Then I'll take some deep breaths and try to do it again. Different things that wake me up and charge me. On the drive to Bear's school, we do breath of fire. He doesn't do it all the time with me, but oftentimes he will. And that's something that can help wake you up, open up the pulmonary, and uh, get the cardiovascular system pumping and get more oxygen to the brain so that caffeine you just took actually works the way it's supposed to. Um, but my morning routine is... To get up, tall glass of water. It's very similar to what Aubrey outlines in Own the Day on Your Life. Um, have a morning movement practice that can be very easy yoga. It could be some form of light activity like rebounding on a trampoline, or it can be just going for a walk. I will always go for a walk with my shirt off and shoes off, get grounded and connected to the earth, get the sun on my back and my face, and start the day with lots of water and a little sea salt. I think those are the things that, that help me out the most. How that changes is, you know, ideally I do that right when I wake up, but if my priorities are to get bare to school and we're running a little bit behind, then I make sure that's the first thing I do before I start actually working or podcasting is to get that in. All right. And again, we're just doing these one at a time. So let's hear what, what's your intention as a parent raising a child and trying to, oh, this is uh oh, okay. This actually got a lot of replies. It's kind of loaded. 
Uh, what's your intention as a parent raising a child and trying to have a second in a time, in a time where we know <laughs> he will face factors that are destroying humankind? How will you prepare Bear for the lack of water, food, energy, land, and how will you teach him to be prepared for increased natural disasters and overpopulation? So I think some of the pushback that uh, this this question, which is a great question, I think some of the pushback is this is uh, kind of the doom and gloom look at what's coming. Um, to a lot of people, and you could argue whether this is coming or not, we've seen a shift in the trend, whether we're causing it or not, to the environment. We've seen a shift in the trend, and you can read uh, the, sixth, the Sixth Extinction. Can you pull it up, Ryan? The Sixth Extinction, and it will talk about all the species that have died off in the last hundred years thanks to us. Um, and that's not just due to fossil fuels. It's due to cross-pollination, bringing things over to islands where they were n not originally there. All that shit gets into that in that book. Um, so, so I think really it's when you raise a kid in this era, there's a couple of things to be, to consider. And Tosh had a lot of concern around this when she was pregnant. She started thinking about all the horrific shit that's going on in the world, uh, all the changes that are happening. And you can't just turn a blind eye and act like it's not happening. It is happening. And the shootings are happening fucking more regularly than ever now, even in Texas, uh, all over the world, they're happening. So I think of things like that, and I think that um, really it's about, for me, doing the work on myself so I can be the best version of myself to give to Bear. I can be the best dad I possibly can be. I can be the best husband I can to Tasha. I can be the best brother I can to Christian and everyone else that I'm around. And if I can do that, then I can help model something for our son to grow up to be or whoever else we have after this, daughters, other sons and give them that. Also, to give them the opportunity to shed the nonsensical reality of what we're born into and to open up their eyes to a deeper understanding of what life really is through plant medicines. And there are many people out there who are exposed to these at a younger age. Most shamans start working with tobacco at five years old, or curanderos, rather. Shamans are from Russia. Curanderos, taitas, people of the Amazon that work with the medicine oftentimes start with tobacco at an early age. I'm not going to give my, our son tobacco at an early age. But my point is, at some point, they will have the rite of passage. And that rite of passage will be centered around a deep plant medicine work that I will not be guiding. It will be guided by true professionals, true black belts, who have worked with those medicines for a very long time. And as Robert Bly discusses and many others who discuss rites of passage, um, that's going to be with uncles. So Christian might go, Aubrey might go. Uh, the parents are taken out of that equation, and this is really where they get to find themselves and step into themselves in a new way. And as they come back, they have a greater acceptance, a voice among the group, and they are treated as such with greater responsibilities. I think that's largely been lost in our society today, and I think that's one way that we can help. But all of these issues that we have coming up, water shortages, food shortages, um, you know, the, the the climate is changing. We have, you know, whether we're responsible or not, we have a lot of things going on, much more natural disasters. So how do we prepare for that? Well, I'm not hoarding, like, I don't have a, a giant fucking closet that's full of canned foods. We have We've some canned sardines. foods. We got sardines. <laughs> got sardines. We got tuna. We got some water. <laughs> but if shit hits the fan, honestly, we're probably going to die. Most people <laughs> living in big cities are probably dead. Joe Rogan, who's an excellent hunter, lives in LA. He says he's probably dead. If that happens, if the power grid goes down and he can't keep all of his hunting meat frozen, he's probably dead. It's not like you can just walk out and start hunting animals. 
So well, what I, do they say in the Bible? The meek will inherit the earth. The meek. Who are the meek? Graham Hancock talks about this. Those are the people that don't live with electricity in the fucking Amazon serving these drinks. Those mm -hmm. are the people who know how to live off the land. Those are the people who are living in harmony with the earth. So aside from moving to one of those locations and living off the land, I don't know that we're protected from an all-out crisis striking. Right. I, and, and to that note, would I rather move to that place and secure my family's success in living past a crisis? No. And I've had visions around this. And again, my message, but my message to me was to stay here in the States, to be on the front lines, to be in the place where we have the most influence in the most influential country in the world to affect change here and to be the change we wish to see in the world here so that we can right the ship, change the direction of what the course looks like, and hopefully not end up in a world where we have nonstop shit going on. Well, a quick, a quick add. Um, I think we've even discussed um, wanting to teach bear and also learn ourselves how to forage and live off the land. And Ben Greenfield, you know, does that with his boys. And he's even talked to you about having father-son trips where you guys all go and, and learn how to make fires and what bugs, you know, finding yeah, bugs Tim, and eating bugs. Like Tim Corcoran on the show, who uh, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. He does these these wilderness survival camps mm -hmm. out in Idaho and uh, Greenfield's been a big part of those. We're going to do one when Bear's six years old and he's the right age to go. Uh, a lot of them are father-son. Um, some of them are just the kids and uh, it's incredibly empowering for kids to learn how to make fire, build shelter, get clean water, all those things. Yeah. And, and, uh, and part of preparing our children for, you know, end of the world type stuff or natural disasters, or even it's, it's about teaching them to do their part also. So like when we go for walks, I haven't done it in a while. It was actually just, I pulled out the gloves today cause I want to do it tonight. But we go through the neighborhood with trash bags and gloves on and we clean up our neighborhood. Um, we do our part and we, and he's already learning how to take care of the earth. And I'm teaching him how to use knives, not the sharp, the really, really sharp ones. That'll come a little later. But I am already teaching him how to be capable and take care of himself. And I think that's not living in fear and fearing having more children because what am I bringing them into? But knowing that whatever happens will happen, but it's our job to best prepare them. Yeah. And as, as Ted Decker says, you know, you can live in love or you can live in fear. You cannot live in love and have any fear in your body. So if those are opposing viewpoints in which we see the world, I would rather live from love. And mm -hmm. if it all, if the shit is the fan and it all goes away, I don't believe we die and that's it. So I'm not too worried about that. Whether it's true or not, that's my stance on it. That's some of the downloads that I've received from plant medicines and I'm fairly confident in that. Whether it's true or not, I feel happy with it. And if it goes black, I won't know any better anyways. So it doesn't fucking matter. But that's the way we live in love and as much as possible. All right. Cool things to go in Costa Rica, all of it. Uh, surfing, uh, Soltara is there for ayahuasca retreats. Um, and every town that I've been to, I spent about a week there prior to doing ayahuasca there with my mom. Uh, we went to Hako, a number of different cool towns. They're all friendly people. They're an amazing country. Um, so th that's the quick one of that one. How to introduce psychedelics to your partner. 
have the conversation. Have the conversation first. Understand if I drag you by the hand to the altar to do psychedelics with me, your experience may not be what I hope it is. You may not see the same things that I do. There has to be a calling. Even for a microdose, you have to want to do it. It can't mm -hmm. be, you know, I think you really need to do this. You know, it needs to be something where they're curious enough, they've talked to you about it, they feel comfortable with you, and that they want to do it too. And if that's the case, simple enough, but it comes with a conversation. And the that was how I became interested was you went, did ayahuasca, came back, and how impactful it was and how much it changed you. And I saw the change in you, then I was interested. All right, 15 minute mark. We got to bang these out. Aura Ring versus Whoop. I love them both. I use the Aura Ring for a very long time. I think it gives a little bit more data on sleep. Whoop, I think, gives you the overall on sleep. It does a really good job with recovery. I wear a Whoop now personally just because I don't like the ring when I lift or when I punch stuff and I've been doing a bit more Muay Thai and boxing. Any questions for? Let's see. That's not it. Thoughts on labels in on relationships? Um, again, like we weren't even drawn to necessarily being married, uh, or that that was even that important to us. Um, so the labels are, you know, they're just, they're just a funny thing. They're just fucking make-believe words that we use to design something like, oh, my boyfriend or, oh, my husband and my wife and all these things. And it's just like, I, I mean, that's just labels around anything to confine someone into words is to take away all that they are. It doesn't mean we don't use those words. It doesn't mean when I say my, this is my wife, Natasha Kingsbury, or this is my brother, Christian Pena, like those, that's how we introduce people. That's how we would might maybe talk about somebody to put things in context. But I don't think that that's, um, it's not taking up a lot of bandwidth in my head to put it in short. It's not something that I fret over. Uh, let's see. What are some of the best exercises Natasha recommends for regaining core strength postpartum? She has the best abs and physique. Would love to hear more on her habits <laughs> plus workouts as a mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, I think when I first, after I had bear, I had slight diastasis. And so I would lay on my back and set like a little lightweight jar or something and I would inhale, pushing my stomach all the way out, and then exhale, still pushing my stomach out and watching. I put the, the little thing, jar on there just to make sure it wasn't coming down as I exhaled. But just doing basic exercise, exercises like that helps to close it up. You want to be, if you're, if you've just had a baby or you're pregnant, you don't want to do a whole lot of abs. Um, but I, I think the number one thing is diet. Because even when I was running and training for ultras and, you know, crazy mountain runs, I was still eating a lot of sugar um, and carbs and things. And my stomach was still soft. The moment I cut sugar out and um, eat really just clean carbs um, and do the intermittent fasting, diet is everything. Um, that would be my my answer is clean right, up the that's diet. Great. Keep the ball rolling here. What's your full weekly workout routine, lifting, cardio, yoga, stretching? For me, that changes every day. I did a 10K to this week alone. I did a 10K row on Monday, nose breathing for the first 9,000 meters, and then I opened it up the last 1,000. Uh, Tuesday, I went for the three-mile run with Tosh. 
Wednesday, I uh, did a workout with Aubrey, Witt, and Steph where we did bench, squats, and then a 1,000-meter ski erg with 100 swings, and that was a gnarly workout. Today, I'm probably going to go for another run, probably only two or three miles. And then um, tomorrow, Christian and I have a photo shoot together showing off our abs and our glistening bodies uh, <laughs> next to one another for a shorts company. So I'll probably not work out tomorrow tomorrow on Friday. And then uh, this weekend, I'll probably get in something light with Christian. Christian works out three times a day like a madman. Hey, uh, let him answer. Can't sit still. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, my, I mean, my, my training always switches up. Right now, since I've been doing... I was training for a splash and dash. So right now, my th- main thing is swimming and running. And I'm going to start biking here. But before that, it was a lot more just like strength, strength and conditioning, honestly. I really don't lift heavy weights too much. Like I'm not a meathead, like coming in deadlifting like four or five or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to do more agility work or sprint workouts and uh, plyometric movements. But And you'll have all that available. There'll be a ton of programs on your website, which mm-hmm. will be, and the- insert domain name. I still have to get that one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, so <laughs> that's a lock. It we'll, up. we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, probably won't be out in the next ten days when this thing releases. But we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll keep you posted on that in an upcoming one. All right. And then mine is uh, running, strength training, yoga, and I think that's it. I just kind of go switch them up. Yeah, and based on needs, right? Yeah. How does my body, does feel, body feel? Right. Aaron Alexander asks, how do you get them thick thighs like that? <laughs> and I told him I'll take a deep dive into this one. I don't have the time. We're at 10 minutes left. So I don't have the time to take a deep dive. But squats, heavy meathead deadlifts, Christian, will actually give you yoked legs, uh, believe it or not. Swings. Um, and the thing that's been making my legs grow right now, I'm about 230 pounds, which is larger than normal. If I'm svelte, if I'm letting my diet go, 230 pounds is very easy for me to to attain, but getting leaner as I'm getting bigger and stronger through eating mostly carnivore right now, um, carnivore plus veggies and plus fruit, uh, but a lot more meat, keto ice cream. cream, Yeah. Um, we've been doing walking lunges, Christian and I, and Tosh even joined us for a couple of these Mm -hmm. where we have 25 yards of, you can do this outdoors. It doesn't have to be indoors, but we have 25 yards of AstroTurf in the sports performance center at on it. And I'll go down and back. It's 50 fucking yards walking lunges with just a 26 pound kettlebell in each hand front racked. Three sets of that combined with three sets of sled push combined combined with three sets of 30 seconds all out on the airdyne. You will have a pump like Tom Platt's for mm-hmm. those that know bodybuilding. You will not be able to walk. It'll be hard to sit down on the toilet. So use a handicap stall. It's <laughs> fucked up. But you get tons of blood volume. You get tons of muscular endurance. You get tons of uh, high intensity intermittent or, or uh, high intensity interval training because you're doing the 30 second sprints. And you get a lot of power in doing the sled push. All those things, lower body, all those things, gorgeous thigh related. So get them thick thighs by crushing it in the gym and doing volume. And that's really where we get the volume is from the walking lunge sets. All right. Can you outline how you eat a healthy keto diet, staple foods, all that? Yes, read the Keto Reset Diet by Mark Sisson. What is your favorite thing to do with your wife when life is really stressing you both out? For me, it is uh, a microdose of acid and being in nature. And uh, I'll let everyone else get to this, but I just think that is a very quick way for us to reconnect to nature, to get downloads, to think outside the box, and to speak openly and honestly with one another. And I know a lot of couples will do MDMA therapy together. It doesn't even need to be in a clinical setting if you know what you're doing and you respect the medicine. Now, what I mean by that is, look, for sure, clinical settings will be the way to go in the future. Four couples therapy with MDMA. 
But right now, if you have good, clean product and you're able to take a night away from your kids or you're, you don't have kids yet, even better, and you take just MDMA, you don't get drunk, you don't go to a club and you put on some good music in the background and you talk, you have a conversation. That is an excellent way to speak from your heart and to hear out your partner and to understand where you're at in your relationship and the best ways to go forward with that. You guys, Tosh? Uh, I All of that that you said, and then also reading books together, watching comedy specials together. Bill Just, Burr is ridiculous. Bill Burr hilarious. is hilarious. <laughs> One of the best so ever. Good. One of the best ever. Paper <laughs> Tiger. Um, but yeah, I, what, the number one answer is get out in nature um, and microdose. Yeah, she likes I mean, y'all hit it around the head. She likes maybe watching some Disney movies too, having mm-hmm. a little sing-alongs. Mm-hmm. We did that the last time me and Tosh yeah. uh, sang Aladdin, the whole movie. Yeah. We didn't just <laughs> sing the songs. We said the entire, we quoted all the lines. Uh-huh. I wanted to show him that I knew the whole movie. <laughs> He'd be impressed. I'm happy I wasn't there for that. <laughs> <laughs> See, another benefit to polyamory. Right? <laughs> you can feel the shoes, I don't want to. All right. Um, Let's see here. At what point do you check in with each other about a new or potential love interest? This is a good one. Mm-hmm. So um, there haven't been many for me. There's been one girlfriend and I'm really in particular focused on other things right now. So finding someone else outside of this triad for me isn't even on the stove. It's not on the back burner. It's not on the stove altogether. Uh, finances, building my online business and continuing to further this podcast success. Those are the main things on, on the agenda. All, and of course, all those are behind family. Family first, Tosh, Christian, Bear, that is my priority. And then second to that is growing the business, growing the brand, getting this podcast into more people. Keep leaving five-star reviews, y'all. Um, all that shit matters more to me right now. In the future, when I'm in a place where that is an interest and that's something that I want to do, at what point? Well, I think right from the jump, because the longer you wait, the more deceptive it feels. Mm-hmm. If you've had your eye on somebody for a month and you've been chatting with them for the last two weeks through the Instagram DMs. And then you're like, Hey, I kind of like this person. We're going on a date tomorrow night. Is that cool? You've waited too long to bring it up. It's important to bring it up because there are going to be triggers seen and unseen for all of us. When that gets brought up, there were triggers for me when Tosh said, Hey, what do you think of this guy, Christian? And I was like, Oh, um, he's, a douchebag. <laughs> he's, uh, he's like <laughs> 10 years younger than me and he's shredded beef and fucking, I didn't have a great interaction when I first met him and Christian can tell that story. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, I think, you know, starting the conversation as early as you can, knowing it's not going to be solved in one conversation that you will have to communicate as best you can by not taking things personally for agreements and communicating nonviolently. And I think if you can come to that place, that can help you iron out a lot of this shit. Tosh and I had these conversations for five years before I even had someone in mind. And a lot of the work was done prior to engaging. There was a lot more work once we started engaging in actual sexual acts with other people and entertaining the idea of loving someone else. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for you? How does this impact us? All those things will come up. Um, but yeah. yeah. Out the gate. Out, that? Mm. Yeah. out the gate. Um when when I first had like the first conversation I had with Christian in the sauna and it wasn't like right then I was like, ooh, potential boyfriend. But we had talked, he had invited me to go do sprints. And in 
just that one interaction, I was like, well, he was really cute and that could be really fun to go do sprints. And I told Kyle about that. It wasn't a, I'm going to pursue this guy. It was just talking about people that are interesting, people that are cute, flirting situations. Like it all helps in the, in the end, <laughs> like when, when you do finally have um, a boyfriend or girlfriend, um, just upfront, open communication about yeah, all even of it. Checking in on that, checking in on like, is it cool if I flirt with this person? Mm -hmm. Is it cool? And especially if your other main partner's there, mm -hmm. it's definitely a good question to ask, yeah. you know, but if that's all in the up and up, like uh, a question I had before the last burn was, is it okay if I kiss other women? I'm not going to have sex with them. I just want to have the freedom to make out with somebody. And I said, yes, stop asking me. I said, <laughs> yes, just kiss him already. Just kiss. So, I said, yes, like let me said, dance. Like you said, him. I was kissing women at Burning Man, although I have kissed men <laughs> No, before. I'm saying, I was like saying it to the girl because oh, yeah, there was a girl that kept asking me too. And I'm like, yes, like I'm trying to dance well, I, over I here. I asked as well. And so the point <laughs> is you get the green light, have fun, do what's within, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's, what's comfortable. All right, moving along here. We have three minutes left, unfortunately. So I'm going to limit to these last two questions again. Sorry, we What was the one that you had for Christian? Three hours. What this is that? the one for Christian oh, okay, right now. okay. Christian, I have an, mostly for Christian, I have an understanding of how going open with my partner could help me uncover and work through fears. But what about stepping into someone else's open relationship? Christian, what have you found out about yourself? What have you gained in terms of personal growth and what has enhanced your life apart from becoming very close to three beautiful humans, Kyle, Natasha, and Bear? Thank you much, love. Troy, 30, Idaho. For sure, yeah. So Stepping into this, I feel is like so much easier than if I was to ask, say if it was like me and Tosh and you were stepping into it, it'd be kind of easier because it's like I have someone to lean on a little bit because I've been with her for eight years, however long y'all been together. So me, it was by myself um, stepping into it. So like I said on the last podcast that we did, it was fun. It still is fun. The first two months, it was just brand new to me. It still is really new, but it was me just like, oh man, I get to see Tosh all the time. There's a brand new woman, get to hang out. Obviously I still loved you, bro. Don't take that away. But I'm just <laughs> saying like, it was just brand new having a brand new woman in my life. And I feel like the transition, me going from a, being in monogamous relationships, going into a polyamorous relationship like that, it was a pretty hard transition once it started sitting in as far as like what exactly we were doing and what we were all looking for in each other. Um, like I said, it did get harder as time went on, like maybe like that three, four month mark scene, which I had. But where the most, the most growth that I saw myself was coming over like that jealousy factor of me, you know, not getting jealous of Tosh. Like the first month or two, I thought Tosh was talking to three or four was, dudes. I thought she was playing. talking to like three, three or four dudes and not just me. I was like, that's why I was kind of like timid. Like, uh, can I come over now? Or are you <laughs> with dude in the stable? Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you with your other boy? Like, I had no idea. So. <laughs> Um, you know, working on the insecurities even then too, like it's, it was pretty hard to fathom as far as like her being with other guys, even though I knew she was kind of just, you know, doing stuff with me and obviously with you, like it was, it, it was tough. And, um, like that three, four month mark kind of getting over that hump of, you know, wanting to start a fan with her and all that stuff. But the biggest thing for me for growth is, uh, not being so fearful in anything else. This is definitely, like I said, the hardest thing I've done mentally. It's, Mentally, it's just work every single day. My own insecurities as far as dealing with whatever she's doing, whatever like kind of pain she's going through as far as like wanting to have a kid, whether it's like her being interested in other guys, like we were just talking about, whether it's like you wanting to go, 
take her to like freaking wherever and y'all go to like sex parties or like stuff like that like that <laughs> shit that, that burning shit, man. yeah like stuff like that that shit mentally for me i'm sure like for everyone out there that'd be tough for me to you know to fathom and go through um but that's where i saw the most growth for me was getting over that and realizing that y'all are human beings who deserve to have fun badass experiences if you're having pleasure if she's having pleasure it's the same thing for me i'm loving every second of it you know so that was, I think, the biggest thing as far as growth is realizing that I don't lock her down on anything that she can do. And same thing for you. Obviously, I can't UFC fighter. I never want to try to <laughs> put, you, put you in a situation like that. But, you know, really just realizing that y'all are people and just be free. And, you know, and if there is fear there, obviously, that's just pain for me that I need to deal and overcome. But, yeah, like I said, that was the biggest thing for me is getting over that hump and just realizing that being free and just being people and just having fun. And like you said, just playing every day in life. And it's just, yeah, it's been good. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ryan, is all on at 11? Okay. Well, it's 11.01. I'm sorry I didn't get to the question. I'll, I'll Let me knock this out real quick. I'm pursuing a career in nutritional science at 35, completely switching careers. What would you recommend? Conventional model of university or certain or certifications such as Czech Institute or Chris Kresser's Academy? Love to hear your thoughts. In my opinion, I would go the route of studying under Paul Check or Chris Kresser. Uh, I feel like you're going to learn a lot of dated information in uh, academia and at universities. But at the same time, you know, people respect the fuck out of having, you know, little um, initials at the end of your name before your name. There's no doubt about that. So if you do go the route of university, just know there is far more education you will have to inform yourself of outside of school to really have a, a a holistic understanding of how health and wellness works. Um, it can be done. Uh, then you would have the best of both worlds. But it's, it's. I guess the easiest way to put this is you go through check and you go through Cresser regardless if you get the degree or not to back it up. You, you have to have some understanding of the people out there who really have a better understanding around these things than what you'll learn in school. And if you want to do school as well, that's fine. But um, you, can't, you can't look past what what's current in the world right now guys like rob wolf marxist and they're changing the game science is backing it up and uh and they're finding the science to see you know really how we change and shift ourselves into a healthier state of of being all right thank you all so much thank you christian thank you brother thank you thank you tosh Thanks, christian guys. you are a pinnacle fitness is that right <laughs> pinnacle fitness pinnacle yeah, the tilde at the end bro okay all right we'll link to that in the show notes because nobody knows how to spell that shit (laughs) natasha kingsbury at natasha kingsbury on the gram at natasha wicks on twitter and i'm at kingsboo on instagram twitter and we got the new website up kingsboo.com that's k-i-n-g-s-b-u you can leave me your email i don't have any products to sell you right now so you're not going to get bombarded with shit i will not spam you But if you leave your email, I will send you my exact supplement list with links and the reasons I take those supplements over at kingsboo.com. And as always, check out onnit.com slash Kyle for 10% off all supplements and food products. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for tuning in to our second monthly Q&A. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Again, if we didn't get to your question, I'm sorry. We were in a bit of a time crunch. But hit us up on the gram and I'll be happy to answer all those questions via words, written words, typed words into the Instagram. I guess that's how I'll have to answer it. But uh, we will be extending these in the future. Hope you guys enjoyed this one as much as I did. And remember, 10% off all supplements and food products at onnit.com slash Kyle. Thank you, guys.